You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Exhort one another daily is the title of this devotion. We don't always realize what a word in season can mean can mean to someone who's weary. You know, it says in this beautiful scripture, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, He awakened my ear morning by morning and gave me the tongue of the learned so that I may speak a word in season to him who's weary. That scripture, I, I think on and pray it. And then there's another scripture in Ezekiel, I think it is, or Jeremiah. I'd have to dig it up, find it. But if you would have stood in my counsel, I would have enabled you to speak words that would turn them to me. When I read that verse, it just so took a hold of me. And I keep praying it, Father, I want to live in your counsel day and night. I want to have my heart to your word, Lord, that I can be taught constantly to know how to speak a word in season. I, I want to live in that at home with Virginia. You know, sticks and stones, they used to say, may break my bones, but your words cannot harm me. Well, that is absolutely silly, even though it may make some sense in whatever way, but friends, words have creative power. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And how often in my life has the Lord helped me through a word in season? I'll never forget many, many years ago, we're talking 30 years ago or so. I think it was 1996, maybe, no, 1998, something like that, 97, maybe 97. 98, sorry, but anyway, I was in such a broken place. Oh, I was overwhelmed with burden and it was crushing me, crushing me, crushing me. And I just couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't sleep at night. And I'm praying and praying and praying and praying. And then I felt to turn on the Christian TV and there was R.W. Schumbach, Robert Schumbach, Robert William Schumbach phenomenal man of God. I knew him as a young boy, an incredible American preacher full of the Holy Spirit. And I've known him as a young boy because we would attend his meetings. My father had a close relationship with him. He'd come and preach for us in the Netherlands. And he had had throat cancer. And he used to be quite a filled out man. Not obese, but filled out. And now he was skinny as can be. And I saw him giving his testimony how Jesus healed him of the cancer. But you could see he had gone through the roughness of that attack of infirmity. And yet out of that frail body came the Holy Spirit like I knew him as a young man. And it's 
comforted, encouraged me to see the Spirit of God in the frailty of that human body of a man that I loved deeply. And yet it still didn't break completely the yoke of the burden that was so heavy on me and heavy and I'd been praying and worshiping and praying. It did help me in my praying. It did encourage me in my praying and worshiping. And it was seven o'clock in the morning. I just made myself a cup of tea and I sat before the Lord. And as I sat before the Lord, the phone rang. And it was brother John Osteen who passed away in 1999. It was Brother John Osteen who's been like a spiritual father to me. And the effort he must have gone through to be able to find me where I was and to call me there. And he said, Robert? I said, yes. He said, this Brother Osteen, Jesus told me to call you and tell you that whatever you're going through, you're coming through. So all is well. Dodie and I love you. Bye, Robert. And he hung up the phone. And just that word, in season, things we know because the Word is living in my heart. I will be with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you and so forth. You know, these words live in my heart, but to have the Holy Spirit through that spiritual father, Brother John Osteen, speak it to me, it broke the yoke right there. Exhort one another daily is the title of this devotion. His exhortation to me broke the yoke of the crushing weight of that burden on me. And God brought us through. You see, friends, people, you may look at their circumstances and they need answers. And truly so, we all do. We need answers here and there. But it's the spiritual breakthrough that is the biggest miracle of it all. Because you can get the natural answers and still not feel happy, still not feel positive, optimistic, and you got your answer. And you go, I was so burdened about this answer. Now I got the answer, but I don't feel any different. You see, it's the soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, the Bible says in Psalm 103. And so listen to this scripture here in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. But exhort one another daily. That word exhort means encourage. Exhort, encourage one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Oh, dear friends, encouragement is such a vital force. It's where faith has the preeminence in our hearts and in our minds, where dependence on the Lord is so vitally alive and virtuously flowing in us that we know my Father loves me, my Father is with me, my Father. And with that grace, you can face anything. But the lack of that virtue manifesting in us when it's hidden deep within the resources of our nature and it's not springing up like that fountain Jesus talked about in John 4. We can be so weary. And it says here in Numbers 21 verse 4, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. 
and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. And fiery serpents came and bit them, and many were poisoned. And this is such a powerful representation of what the Word here says. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is that poison. And it's lying at the door of our lives like it did with Cain. You see, Abel worshipped God in the way that God was looking for and the favor of God was manifesting on Abel. But Cain was not worshiping God in the way that God was looking for, and he didn't have that same experience as Abel, and it made him wrathful with envy. Envy, my father used to say, son, don't ever have envy in your heart because it rots the bones, the scripture says. It makes you ill, poisonous inside. It makes you malice inside, and here, Cain became malice in his heart against his brother. And God came to Cain and said, Cain, Cain, if you would do like your brother was right in my sight, you would be acceptable like he is. But Cain, for whatever strange evil reason, as the Bible calls him wicked in the Gospel of John, in, no, excuse me, in the Epistle of John, in 1 John, I think, the fourth chapter, it called him wicked. Why? What was his wickedness? He would not come to God in the way that God showed was acceptable in the sacrifice of blood for the remission of sins. He would not say, I need forgiveness of sins exercised upon me in my relationship with God because by nature I'm sinful. He would not come clean before God. And the anger God said to Cain in chapter 4 of Genesis, Cain, if you will do what's pleasing to me, you will be just as acceptable as your brother. But know that sin lies at the door of your heart, but you have to reign over it. You see, how can we reign over that spirit that we all can be vulnerable to, that lower nature, that nature that says, I don't care anymore. I don't, I, nothing is happening. I don't feel anything. I don't see anything. Because we're not keeping our eyes on the author and finish of our faith. All of us can be in a low place of the nature of the flesh that suffers the gravity of the sin nature. We all can have it including myself, friends. No matter how anointed we become, we can all suffer that lower nature of the flesh, but we have to reign over it by living in faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us to cleanse us with His own precious blood. And that's how we reign over sin, through the blood of the Lamb who was made manifest to take away our sin. Cain wouldn't do it. And eventually that sin nature let him to the point to take the life of his brother and he murdered him. And you see, friends, we can never let sin have a free reign in us, but we all have it in our flesh, the nature of sin. Paul says in Romans 7, I know there's another law within my members that wars against the law of God and it's the law of sin and death, he calls it in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. 
He says, but I'm liberated from that law of sin and death by the law of life in Christ. But the precious Lamb of God, we got to look to the author and finisher of our faith. We got to look to Jesus. And with that spirit of exhortation, we got to bring comfort to others, encouragement to others. No, I know you feel low. I know you feel there's no hope for you. I know that you feel you can't shake loose from these feelings that pull you down. From these feelings, there is no answer with God. From these feelings that nothing is working for you with God. But I know Jesus Christ conquered all those feelings and Jesus Christ is your victory. That exhortation is not just words, but is the life-giving spirit of the Son of God. We need it. Oh, I have to build myself up in my most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel the anointing the moment I begin to pray in my spiritual language. And friends, don't ever think it's strange for people to pray in tongues. If als ik in het Nederlands met u praat, vindt u dat toch niet verkeerd? I said, if I speak to you in Dutch, you don't think it's wrong. If somebody would speak to you in German or in French, you don't think it's wrong. So why should it be wrong when we speak to our Heavenly Father in our our spiritual language that brings comfort, it says in Jude verse 20. It brings exhortation when you build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Friends, we got to build ourselves up consistently, but we got to also exhort one another. You see, as we live in that spiritual place of intimacy with the Father by praying and worshiping and praying in the Holy Ghost and praying with understanding as the scripture comes up in us and we worship God in the light of his countenance that brings us into a fellowship with one another that brings the exhortation of the freedom from the sin nature and the fellowship in the light of God's love it says that here in 1 John chapter 1 that if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin you see friends the only way you live free from that hardening of the heart that gives way to the sin nature is to be continuously cleansed I've said it before, life is like the beautiful green grass on the side of the road. The road is like the world in which we live. And the dust of the busyness of life on the road of life comes on the grass to the degree you can't see the difference between the grass and the road, except where there's the spring in the grass and that fresh water keeps bubbling up, cleansing that grass and showing its true nature that it's beautifully green. And life is like that grass, Isaiah 40 says. We got to be continuously cleansed in that cleansing flood that flows from Emmanuel's veins for sin is plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. That's the exhortation I'm talking about. And I see here in the book of Acts and you see the early church there in verse 42 of chapter two, that they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine in other words, they kept coming to church to hear the word and the fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers. In the fellowship. You see the power of fellowship, walking in the light together, all experiencing that cleansing flood of the blood in our fellowship as we 
connect with one another in Christ, as we commune together in Christ, it is so powerful. So let me close with you today from two little scriptures. One is in Hebrews 10 and the other one's in Philippians chapter 2. In Hebrews chapter 10, it tells us that we should consider one another while it is today. It says here in Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near, oh, I love this verse, with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast our confession of hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Listen now, here comes verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. There you have that word again. In so much as you see the day approaching. You see, friends, we who live in this boldness of faith, ooh, hallelujah, where we enjoy fellowship with our loving Heavenly Father in the cleansing flood of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're born of God, that we're citizens of heaven, that we're members of God's household. That is the exhorting anointing. That is the spirit that exhorts others. You see, what you live in is what emanates from you. And as this life that you have in fellowship with the Father emanates from you, others who know this life feel at home with you, feel connected, feel like, oh, glory, so good to see you. I don't know why I feel so encouraged to be with you. You see, that's the exhorting, encouraging one another. Amen. And then, Last but not least, it says here in Philippians chapter 2, okay? And I, let me read it to you from the Amplified. Listen now. Verse 1. For by whatever appeal to you, there is in our mutual dwelling in Christ. So whatever demand is placed upon you in our living in fellowship with Jesus Christ, by whatever strengthening, consoling, comforting, encouraging our relationship in Him affords, by whatever persuasive incentive there is in love, by whatever participation in the Holy Spirit we share, by whatever depths of affection and compassionate sympathy fill up complete my joy by living in harmony and being of the same mind and one purpose, having the same love, being of full accord and one and of one harmonious mind and intention. Do nothing from factional motives, through contentious strife, selfishness, or for unworthy ends, or prompted by conceit or empty arrogance. No, instead, in the true spirit of humility, lowliness of mind, let each regard others as better than and superior than himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do yourself. Let each esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interest, but also each for the interest of others. My 
goodness. Meditate on those four verses of Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, 2, and 3, and 4. Father, I want to live my fellowship with you in union with your sons and daughters, whoever they are, young or old, to love them, to bless them, to encourage them. And I thank you, Father, for the grace to exhort one another today. Amen. Have a good day.